Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk about The Last Jedi again. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? You sound so excited, Mango. <laughs> I was much more excited to do this episode before I actually started getting down to do this episode. Uh, for the folks at home, we like to talk about games, but also movies sometimes. And around this time last year, a little bit more than a year ago, we had our episode on The Last Jedi, where I said many large, large things. I think it's the best Star Wars movie ever, better than The Empire Strikes Back. Um... It's. I'm still pretty torn on whether or not it's my favorite. Um, and uh, and we also addressed some of the criticism that came out at the time because it's such a controversial movie, right? Yeah. It had like a 20 on the audience score, but like a 90 on the critic score for like Rotten Tomatoes or fucking whatever. Um, but it's been a year, which means that people have bought the Blu-rays. You know, they've sat down, they've written big long video essays about oh why is the last jedi not a very good movie or why is it uh, a very so, good movie or why yeah exactly yeah. or why is it a very good movie and so i think the the nature of the criticism has kind of gestated and evolved um such that now we have a more complete picture of of what people look at when they're when they're looking at the last jedi uh which raises the question mango is the last jedi a good movie because the answer is yes. Okay, thank you, folks at home. Uh, we'll see you next week. So, uh, <laughs> so, um, I thought you were crazy at the time saying it was it was the best Star Wars movie. Um, I definitely still disagree with that. I think, uh, I think it's 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 not not surprised me that you love this movie because I think it is a movie with big ambitions and the shape of a great movie, but it's internally uh, a mess um, in a lot of different ways. And uh, I don't know if it's moved so much in the rankings for me. Um, I've kind of, I think, come to recognize some of its flaws more, but how much it affects the story, I think, is different. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this movie. I almost kind of want to You know what's funny? I actually, I very much feel you. And I do want to say that, Rewatching it and watching the criticisms has had this weird, almost like, like, like split effect where the more I've watched The Last Jedi, the things that I think are good about it and that it does really well only ever get better, right? But the things that I think aren't great about it and the flaws that are there only ever get kind of, like, worse. Like, for instance, I kind of excused a lot of the Marvel humor the first time because it didn't really bother me on, like, my very first watch-through, and I don't really know why that was. Um, but now, it's oh, terrible. God, General so Hugs, bad. fuck me. Come on. Like, I, I just, like, if, if there's anything that... If there's anything that makes this feel not like a Star Wars movie, it's that Marvel humor, that bathos kind of you know, relatable, like, the main characters are going to say something kind of relatable and normal in, like, like high-stress, you know, high-concept fantasy situations or whatever. Like, there, there's, there's always been comedy, there's always been banter, right? And I think there's just something different about the character of, uh, you know... Uh, I, I absolutely agree. I also think that, I think that if you're going to criticize Luke for not being... Luke, right? Yeah. I think that the places where that is the most true is in his is his humor moments, in the tossing of the lightsaber and in uh, the reed slapping at Ray's hands. 
Um, I think there's some other stuff there too, but uh, uh see, I actually kind of like the reed slapping, but I get that. Like, like so, what's it? I, I the so for the people at home, I rewatched this movie, then watched about six hours of criticism, and then rewatched the movie again because I needed to again, and then I watched some more criticism. So. I feel like after that first rewatch of the movie, I feel like I could have just like erased a bunch of this movie and had it be a lot better. I still think that's true. Um, yeah. Like how I feel about Luke, I think I go back and forth on a bunch. Um, like I don't think that Luke is not Luke in this movie in its totality. Like I, I think that – I don't think Luke is the perfect character in this movie. Um, but I think that you could just like scrub away some stuff. Like I think – so so let's uh, let's start let's start with this Luke part. Well, so so here here's my kind of core thesis okay. about yeah, Luke and about the movie. It's essentially that, from my point of view, Luke is so the all of the stuff with Luke and Ray, Kylo Ren, all of the Force stuff, the Jedi stuff, is so good and so deep and profound and complex that it effectively carries the whole movie. I think the Poe stuff is middling, and, and there's definitely problems there, and I think the Canto Bite stuff is pretty bad and not, and not good, right? And I think a lot of times what is happening when people talk about what's good and what's bad about the movie is they are sort of splitting the movie into these three parts, right? Here are the three kind of parallel plot lines following the three main characters, Poe, Ray, Finn... And seeing kind of where they go down. And if you're somebody who likes the movie, you're putting a lot of emphasis on and weight, I think, on the Luke stuff, the Ray stuff, the Kylo Ren stuff. And you're kind of like, ah, you know, who cares about Canto Bite? Whatever, you know? Um, and if you're somebody who doesn't like the movie, you you say, okay, like, maybe I think some of this Luke stuff is okay, but oh my god, can you... Get, Canto Bite is awful, you know? And, and there's... A little bit of apologia that goes both ways. Like, if you're so, if you're one of the people that like it, you are more likely to kind of apologize for Canto Bite by saying, ah, you know, like, it could have been better, but, like, at least it's thematically pretty relevant, and that last shot is pretty killer, so I'm going to give it a pass, right? And if you're somebody who doesn't like the movie, you look at the Luke stuff, and you kind of, like, you look at, like, the, the titty milk or whatever, and then you look at stuff like... You know, like for instance, I think the fight scene in the throne room is awful. Oh yeah, like like this. Is, so so first, I want to say I, I, I actually thought I, this is one of these things where I thought it was pretty good the first time, and the more I've watched it, the more I've just been like, oh god, this is garbage. Um, absolutely, uh, I, I re-listened to our cast, and uh, I was like, oh, it was great, and I'm like, no, it's 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 terrible. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know, I know. Like, but, but 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 I do want to say I, I kind of definitely agree with you that the strong point of this movie is the Luke stuff. And the, the weak points are kind of everything else. Um, like, just uh, it, I, I've got some complex thoughts on 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 the uh, on the post stuff in particular. Um, so so where, where do we want to start? Where, where do we want to well, start? So so the, okay, uh, let's start with the post stuff because I okay. actually think that this is some of the most interesting stuff. I have a very hard time with the post stuff because I think a lot of the post stuff is actually pretty great, to be honest with you. Um, like, I like his arc. And I like the characters he's kind of surrounded with. But the linchpin here is his relationship with Admiral Holdo. And the biggest, most fundamental flaw on like a story structure level is he mutinies against Admiral Holdo and she never tells him that she has had a plan the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
I'm I, if there's any big big criticism from like the naysayers of the movie that I'm willing to entertain and be like, yep, they're on the money on this one. Holdo not telling the plan to Poe is such an artificial way to kind of generate stakes and drive the plot in like a specific direction. And it's okay the first couple of times that it like pops up where he's like, tell me there's a plan and then tell me there's a plan. And it's like, okay, well, I can understand how she's not going to like entertain his like uppity bullshit or whatever. But he literally mutinies and puts the whole ship in danger when all she has to do is say, listen, I have a fucking plan, you moron. You know what I mean? And it's just like one step too far that breaks the, that, that kind of like breaks the camel's back of that whole whole plot thread so i i am very mixed on that yeah, because so, i think all of the stuff you know like i don't know I, f- I feel like all that other stuff is pretty solid uh, so I, I i i tend to agree with you i i think that i think that poe's arc is fine in theory i think that holder refusing to tell him the plan is has a lot of issues with it and i don't just mean like you know i think i agree with you that like there, there's a couple ways to do this, but the fact that when the first time it happens, because because I was I was looking for this, is she is framed as the villain, right? Like the movie wants you to believe, wants you to believe yeah. that she is in the wrong. That way, that you can subvert it later, and that I think, especially on repeat viewings, feels so much worse, right? Like that she is supposed to be like that. It's that it's not even kind of like up for option. Like essentially, I, I feel like. I feel like he wanted to subvert, or he being Ryan Johnson, wanted to subvert the trope so hard that he made it such that you agree with Poe up until the point that, like, she reveals that there was a plan all along, right? Like, it is. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of feels like it's, it, like, it makes you feel bad. It's like, no, you gave me really good reason not to, to, to agree with this character, and now you want to, now you want me to feel. Bad, you know, like it's. I don't know. That's tough. I I definitely agree with that criticism. Yeah. Um. um there was, but so- I do think a lot of the other stuff in the post, like for instance, I think that space battle and the stuff with like the dreadnought. I think all of that stuff is is interesting outside of like the general hugs bullshit or whatever, right? Like you know this stuff with Rose's sister. I thought that was complex, and I love the you know like oh we need to go take out the you know like we need to go take out like the dreadnought stuff it, that sets up a really neat arc right even even like other stuff like his interactions with leia i think are pretty great um yeah. so yeah I, yeah it, like it's tough to it's tough for me to sink the entire like to sink this entire plot thread just based off of this one kind of like misplayed narrative structure. It's, it's the problem is it drives the entire plot. It also drives the Canto Blight plot, right? Like, I think so. I think that a big part of this thing is, is is another kind of thesis I have about this movie is it's a very death by a thousand cuts type level of flaws. Like there are very few huge glaring flaws. I think I think the uh, the the motivation uh, the the Holdo one is is kind of one, but I think a lot of this is are there enough cuts for for the kind of art edifice to fall in front of you as, as a viewer because i think there are a lot a lot of tiny tiny little yeah, cuts and, yeah i and i definitely think that that happens for a lot of people because you see it in the way that they you, you can just like sit there and just list out all of these things that are wrong with them with like a movie whereas with other bad movies a lot of the time like the criticism is very pointed and singular do you know what i mean like 
I, I don't feel like there's a Jar Jar Binks in this movie who is kind of like one big glaring bad thing that everyone fixates on, right? Yeah. There's actually a pretty widespread of, oh, well, it's either Canto Bite or it's Holdo or it's the Marvel humor or it's any of these other sorts of things. I, I also kind think that like, like there's the there's way. like a bunch of like, I want to call them like half cuts for like, they're not necessarily a problem, but when you get like 40 of them in a pile... It's a problem, right? Like, you know, you know, the bombs falling out of the ship and the ship bottom opening and there being no shield and, like, the way that for- the force is suddenly changed around and Yoda doing the lightning and, like, um, there, there's, a, there's a ton of these little things where, like, individually I can look at them and be like, this isn't important. I'm not going to nitpick this. But when there's, like, 17 to 30 of them that I'm looking at them once, I'm like, maybe this is kind of, like, coagulating into, like, a, a systemic problem. See, um, part of me thinks that a lot of that stuff is very bad faith criticism, though. Like, where you're kind of not, you're, you're like, not giving the movie... And I, I have a so very I, tough I, I, time with this in I, general. So I, I think I think it kind of, like, teeters on the edge. Because I think some of it, like, it borders between bad faith and not respecting the, the established rules of the Star Wars universe, right? Like, there, it kind of teeter... A lot of these things teeter on that edge. And like I said, like... In the lower numbers, I think it's fine. In the higher numbers, I think it starts to like, you know, kind of like, a, like, uh, like pin that edge, right? Like it's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, well that doesn't really make sense. Well, it's Star Wars, right? Like as I as I kind of like, um, uh, as I said in the last uh, uh, podcast that we did about this uh, reality, the reality of Star Wars warps to meet with the movie, warps to meet the canon, and like. You can do that to a certain extent, but if you if you start doing it too much, it's going to like you're going to draw attention to it. And I think it's going to start to annoy some people, and I think that's what happened. Um, uh, I think that like just like there's, yeah, like I, I mean, something things. that gets focused on a lot is the is like the Holdo ship thing, and I actually think that that's fine. I kind of didn't like it the first time, but as time has gone on, I've been more and more okay with it, mostly just because. Um, I didn't quite get it the first time the when, when it came, like the, the yeah the the the, the suicide yeah. jump thing. Um, there's two things about that that are bad, but I don't think are its fault. The first one was I thought it was kind of poorly communicated what was going on uh, when I first saw it in the theaters. I was like, wait, what is she? How is she destroying this whole big? All of these Star Destroyers are getting, like, completely blown out, and that doesn't make any kind of sense. But then somebody was like, it's shrapnel, right? Like, yeah. she exp- she hits the one ship, and then it, and it kind of, uh, it hits all these other, uh, like, it's it's ship's shrapnel that hits all the other ships. And I was like, okay, that makes sense, that's fine. And then the other thing is, it comes kind of back-to-back with this Rose thing, where she says, like saving what we love or whatever which oh i just think God. is so stupid <laughs> no like, it looks it looks like a parody right like she says we have to save the things that we love as the canon blows open the door she kisses finn which was also totally unearned like what like uh, just... yeah i i kind of yeah like boy does that just like not work in in a certain sense i think part of like part of what this comes down to is a like Part of what frustrates me, like, viscerally about the conversations about this movie is that they're so shallow. People yeah. only want to talk about structure, like, narrative structure. They only want to talk about plot. Nobody wants to talk about character arcs, themes, aesthetic, right? Like, even, like... And, and, and there are plenty of things to talk about when it comes to, like, narrative structure, but there's just so much more to this movie than that, right? 
Um, yeah. I think Kanto Bite fails on multiple levels. On like multiple of those kinds of like it doesn't it doesn't work from a plot level. It definitely doesn't work from a character level. What is Finn's arc in this movie? He basically just backtracks entirely to the Force Awakens, yeah. where he's like a big huge coward for like no reason whatsoever. Rose clearly doesn't have an arc. She's just kind of a supporting character, I guess, sort of trying to like help Finn or whatever. Um, but you know, I think it's pretty thematically strong. I like the stuff with Benicio del Toro's character and the stuff that he says about kind of like oh good evil. It, this doesn't really exist. In the Marvel or in the Star Wars universe, right? And I also think the kind of like you know the that the universe has built these gross uh, kind of warlike power systems that are bigger than the rebels and the you know like I thought that you know that that stuff is pretty like neat and interesting or whatever but like at the end of the day this stuff fails on multiple levels because there's a lot of stuff wrong i feel like the holdo stuff really fails on that one level crucially right it fails on that plot level and kind of the rest of it crumbles a little bit along with it and i'm willing to give it sort of like the benefit of the doubt but i understand that like other people sort of aren't and then i think all this stuff with luke is solid and i will defend it to my to my dying breath okay so so before we before we get to luke i do want to talk about the holdo maneuver just a little bit um because like it's one of I, I think it just just to point out that it kind of like it's it's weird to this I, I think the problem is is people don't properly describe the problems around it, right? Like I don't think the act of using your ship as a light speed battering ram itself is a problem, but it kind of calls into question a lot of other things, right? Like why don't the other two ships that also have enough fuel for one jump do that? Right, like why, like just like like these little kind of obvious, like like you know, you know, I can believe that not everybody does this forever. Otherwise, right? But like, like, just it's 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 rife with little problems, little problems that I think also annoy like a hardcore fan more. Than... So this is so this is actually kind of interesting because this reminds me of something that I learned when I was in college when we were talking in like writing classes about. When, what to what extent something is a problem, right? Um, where the kind of question was like, is this thing a big problem or is this thing a little problem? And the answer that the professor had for us when we were kind of like debating this issue about just like some random person's story was the the way to figure out the answer to that question is how hard the problem would be to fix, right? And that, like, it's proportional to that. If it would be fixed with a little thing, it's probably a little problem. And if it would be fixed with a big thing, it's probably a big problem. So if you have to restructure your entire narrative, which is kind of like what you would have to do to sort of, like, justify the fact that Holdo doesn't tell Poe under mutiny or whatever, right? Like, that's a that's a big problem. But I think the Holdo maneuver stuff, even if I, I kind of grant that it doesn't make sense from sort of like a world building level honestly i feel like it just gets fixed with like one or two lines of logos that just explains the logic of it that's like oh what what is she doing that'll never work you know oh the the big ship is too slow it'll never be able to get out of the way in time yeah and then she hits it right something that helps describe why this is a unique situation that couldn't be you know that couldn't chain or that, that that couldn't be like replicated easily across the rest of like the the universe would be would kind of be like fine and easy and i think people would be more willing to you know accept that stuff um <clears throat> but but i do i do sort of feel like the world building implications that are like not great 
coming out of it. You know what yeah. I mean? No, and, and I think I mentioned this last week in, in our end segment that like you know I think some of the some of kind of like the these like another kind of a theory of criticism about this is that um, the Last Jedi is all right as its own movie, but like like the stuff that happens in it is not great for like the the overall Star Wars lore, which you have a lot of people deeply invested in. Um, but oh my uh, God, I mean, I have such a hard time with that because of the Luke stuff. Because this movie loves Star Wars and like the mythos and like the fans and stuff like that. So when so, like when somebody says that this movie is like shitting all over Star Wars or whatever, I'm just like, how do we watch the fucking same movie? You know what I mean? And and you know, and it's funny because it's just like, what really matters? I feel like that 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 is the question that. I can't, I don't know. It's the question that I can't answer for other people, but I yeah. just find very tough to, yeah. um, I mean, <laughs> to, to like to grapple with. I, I don't know how many of these, like there, there are like a thousand clips of Mark Hamill basically complaining about Luke Skywalker um, that are floating around that eventually he got shut up by Disney. Um, yeah. And I don't like, let, let, let's move on to Luke because I think this is an important point. I don't think. Okay. I, so. <sighs> I don't think Luke is a bad character in this movie. I think he's got some bad moments. I think that um, he's basically too much of an asshole, right? Like, um, I think you, if you dialed that back a little bit, it'd be mostly all right. Um, I, like, what was it? Like, so, um, the movie Bob take. The movie Bob take about how, uh, you know, how Luke is, like, the Luke Skywalker is, 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 is this is a great look for Luke and it's fun. Um, and or not fun, but like you know, super interesting. I agree with most of it, but he makes this comparison to Logan, um, in Old Man Logan, um, or at least whatever the the movie was. I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that immediately came to mind when I saw that is that Logan has always been kind of like edgy, right? Oh, like, a jerk. Yeah, yeah, right. Like this makes more sense if it's Han doing this, right? Like I buy this more from Han, um, but. Again, I don't. I don't think it's terrible. I just. I just think it's. It's. It just like needs a little bit of tweaking, and you can get Luke to a point where he feels less. Less like a coward, right? And and less less edgy, and more just kind of like bit. Like I feel like if you turn up like the bitterness a little bit, it works better. What do you think? I think fundamentally, uh, the movie Barb take is a really good example. So I. So we were talking about this in the precast, and I used the word thorough. When I mean thorough, I don't mean like it covers everything in the movie. Just that it, it is deep on that one plot thread, right? It explains that whole plot thread, all of the all of the pieces like interlocking together in a way that I think is first of all on the money, and second of all, you know, like robust. I think I would have a like a hard time kind of arguing against. Um, or even like uh, like somebody who really hates the movie would have a hard time kind of like arguing against like the core movie Bob thesis that he sets up in there, um, which is essentially that like everyone who reads either Kylo Ren or Luke as being correct before the end of the movie are sort of being duped by the character arc and they're not quite understanding like the character arc like i see so many people who reference these takes about um you know kylo ren says you know kill the past or whatever 
Um, and he wants to like rebuild the Jedi and stuff like this. And, and Luke says that at the height of their power, the Jedi allowed Darth Sidious to create the empire and all of this stuff. And they don't realize that these are wrong things being said by wrong characters who are in Kylo Ren's case, always going to be wrong because he's the villain and he doesn't change. And in Luke's case, wrong in an ironic sense, because he comes around to Ray's line of thinking, right? And he fulfills all of the kind of prophetic things that he says to her while he's a huge dick, right? Oh, I'm going to face them down with a laser sword. But he does, in fact, do that. He talks about how the the power of the, 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 the Jedi as legends is actually an illusion and is worthless. And if you actually look at what they did, you know, they're bad. But then he goes and he reinforces that exact same legend. And all of that stuff, I feel like, is so good and strong and people don't see it and it bugs me and it bugs me mango <laughs> you know I, I i get it i i i understand i i think it's i think it's strong too thematically i think i think the lessons are um good like i said i think that there's there there are there are specific attitude problems right like um like honestly i think the biggest the single biggest thing that i that i could change that i think would make this movie infinitely better is in the uh, in the kind of three tellings of what happened between Luke and uh, uh, Luke and Kylo is to omit the first one, right? Just have just have like just have Kylo reveal that like Luke attacked him, and then Luke add the context later. Like it feels like he's denying responsibility the first time, right? Wait, he's, I'm sorry. What what is the first time? The first time is when um, he's standing over Kylo, and Kylo just pulls the house down on him. Um, there's no lightsaber involved, right? Like, there's these three instances of... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, great, yeah. Uh, I think if you pull that out, it makes, like, it makes Luke feel... Like, I, I feel like you want to emphasize, like, so Luke says, I failed him, but Ray says, no, you didn't, right? Um, but I think you really, like, I think I think the ideal version of that scene is Luke saying, I failed, like, you know, I failed him as a master, and really, really owning that, and, like, not getting pushback from Ray about it. Um I do think that's a little bit weird because, to a certain extent, I feel like Luke not accepting responsibility. Well, it's not that Luke doesn't accept responsibility. It's actually the opposite of that. He kind of accepts too much responsibility, right? Like, this one failure is something that he holds on to so strongly such that it kind of destroys his whole, you know what I mean? Like, his whole faith in the Force and the Jedi. And himself. And himself, yeah. Um, but I but I sort of, yeah, I, I guess I kind of see where you're coming from. Um, no, but like this, uh, I don't know. I think I think part of this problem too is um, something that we, and like all these beleaguered sighs, just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like this, this is something we didn't talk about in the last cast. But I think that Ray maintains a lot of her Mary Sueness through this movie, and I think it's it's forgivable. But like, I can really feel it when like you know she's right almost all of the time. Um, and it's bothersome, at Wait, least. Are you kidding? Um, like her, like so. There's there's this kind of parallel to Empire. There, there's something I was struck by again, with, with, or th- that I didn't as, get as much the first time is how much this does echo Empire. Um, uh. um, is kind of like the, um, like is is uh, Ray, or is, is is you know her 
her essentially being like, you're wrong, I'm gone, you know, I'm going to go do something, right? And in Empire, it feels very much like Luke not thinking necessarily that he's right, but that he needs to do this to go save his friends regardless that he has to try. Whereas with Rey, it felt more to me like she was, like, correct, and Luke was just being a, a, a baby. Um, and so, she, like, you know, good Rey, who is correct, is going to go do the thing. Um, See, I think she is... Uh, the, the the thing that makes me... I, I, I agree with a lot of these, like, Rey is too good at stuff in The Force Awakens takes. Um but in The Last Jedi, she is so fundamentally and profoundly wrong about Kylo Ren and Snoke and stuff like that that I'm, I, I, I'm completely fine with it in this movie. I, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't think she's wrong about Kylo, though. Like, because Kylo kills Snoke? Because, because Kylo is, is conflicted, right? Like, right. Like, he is, like... Kylo is the closest thing to like a gray, like a, a gray morality that we I think we've seen in, in any any of the movies. Like he he when Ray rejects him, he swings back towards the dark. But he is he is kind of like conflicted and in the middle. And it's only that it's only like Ray coming to him that like really res, like steals his resolve, right? Like you can I didn't catch it until the third time viewing it, but like um, he's. Snoke says something to uh, to Rey or to Kylo um, in kind of like that last throne room scene, and you see him kind of like like shift his gaze up at at uh, at Snoke, and you can see when he kind of like like um, when he switches from being like conflicted to being resolved, and you know this gets played out rather explicitly in the scene where he where uh, Snoke says, "I can sense his conviction." Right? I thought on multiple viewings that that dialogue was super fucking cheesy. Um, but you know, I, 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 I was willing to forgive it. Right. Like, you know, you know, he turns the lightsaber and will kill his true enemy. It's like, you really have to fucking spell it out like that. There, no one, whatever. That's like, that's a minor thing, but it was just, a- See, so the interesting thing there is that I pair that very tight closely with the scene in the beginning of the movie where Kylo is talking to Snoke and you can already tell that he hates Snoke in the first place and it creates this sort of level of ambiguity about Kylo's sort of like motivations and how truly he does want you know what I mean like I like I think you could make a very good case that at the end of the day Kylo even if Rey had had accepted Kylo right and they had like remade things that he wasn't actually changing for the better at all he was just he was just holding on to his kind of like hate and his like desire for power the entire time. And that was all consistent. And this was just like the thing that like, this was just an expression of his like resentment against Snoke as much as anything else. Like, I don't think that that's true. I think Kylo Ren is legitimately like, you know, and the movie is better for this. Kylo Ren is legitimately conflicted and legitimately changeable, right? Right. Um, but Ray is incorrect in thinking that. Well, I think she could change him. She's just like kind of like unwilling to es- essentially pay the price um, in order to do so, which is to allow all of her friends to die. Um, and and that's like the thing that sends him like tumbling back down into you know, like, into, like, the dark side or whatever, right? I've ca- I characterized this before as Rey is willing to let go of her feelings of abandonment 
right? That would be kind of her path to the dark side. And that that is the path that is laid out by the movie as like, oh, there is some real danger that Rey is going to go to the dark side because she is going to tumble down, you know, with these feelings of abandonment by her parents or whatever. Um, the, Kylo Ren has the exact same feelings, but about betrayal. And all that happens is once Rey reaches out to him and then betrays him, it solidifies him kind of like forever. Like I don't think there's any redemption arc coming for Kylo oh, I, Ren. I, I episode nine. I think that I think that's absolutely coming. Um, I definitely. Think- I will. I, I have to say, I will be really angry if that if that comes. I think that that would really suck. Uh, <laughs> I, I boy. I, oh God. I think that would suck so bad. But if he if he gets, it's got to happen. It's absolutely got to happen. It might happen with his death, but it's going to happen. <laughs> Um, oh god no i don't want it i don't want it because this movie makes such a good case for him being kind of like i mean i love villains like this in general i think this is part of why i'm up on a movie like man of steel or like aquaman like my favorite part of this movie just like on an aesthetic level is probably the part where he leans over the pilot and he's like blow that ship out of the sky like i just love that stuff and i and that is so like real in a in a like uh i don't know like i it's like it just makes so much sense that he could have changed, but Ray ultimately chose her friends over changing him, right? And maybe that would have been even, like, the greater good, because they could have, like, dismantled this whole, like, war in the first place. But, you know, hey, whatever, we, you know, yeah. w- what are you going to say? But, like, at this point, he is General Zod, as far as I'm concerned. He is not deserving of, like, sympathy or empathy. He is a, you know, he has embraced his hate and his fascism, such to a point that he is irredeemable, and I hope he just dies. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I I don't think that's gonna. I I like there's. I think there's a zero percent chance that he dies unredeemed. Um, he might, like I said, he might die while doing it. But uh, oh my god, I'm gonna complain so much about this. Bookmark this episode, <laughs> listeners, for when this for when fucking episode nine comes out, because I swear to fucking Christ. Oh God, that would drive me so insane. I've talked about this before, right? Like this is the this is in a lot of story constructions, not all of them. This is what happens: protagonists change, antagonists don't change, and it creates this kind of overarching thing where, like, the protagonist starts weaker than the antagonist, but is willing to address their own flaws within themselves and kind of like come to terms with those things and accept them. And that acceptance makes them a better person, and that's what allows them to triumph over like the bad guy in the end. And antagonists don't do that. Antagonists are just a flat line. They have flaws, but they don't see their flaws. They reinvest in their flaws, and this is a perfect example of that happening right the flaw with ray was those abandonment issues that she solves and she gets over and she moves on right kylo ren holds on to this flaw of his like his anger and his rage at this betrayal and he refuses to change he refuses to get better and so he is flat and stagnant for you know hypothetically the rest of the story now like the third piece of this where ray and kylo meet again and we see that ray is legitimately more powerful than kylo or whatever um 
has yet to come, but I swear to fucking Christ, it will blow up all of this stuff. I can even make an argument, by the way, that in The Force Awakens that this stuff is okay. I really didn't like the first time that Kylo Ren gets beaten in the lightsaber duel. I thought that that was awful, and that was bad, and I still sort of feel like that way, just kind of from like a like a plot construction. I feel like if that movie had ended with Kylo Ren, like kicking the shit out of like Ray and Finn unequivocally it would have been better or whatever um but like you know yeah sure he got shot by the 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 cross bolter wookie yeah. thing you know and he's like constantly I like I like that like he's he's punching his wound to fuel his pain to fuel his force powers and stuff like that you know it's something even if I think it's bad right it's yeah. something to make it a little bit better but I, God, oh my God, it would ruin everything if Kylo gets redeemed in the next movie. I, so I, I disagree. And honestly, I think J.J. Abrams is going to do it. I have zero faith in that filmmaker. Yeah, no, so I, I, I think that it's going to definitely be, he's, I think that the the perspective that I take, at least on, on Ray and Kylo, is that they're kind of like deuteragonists, deuteragonists, whatever the, the term is. They're yeah. kind of like, and I think that. Honestly, I what I what I really wanted was um, I think I said this the, the first time around is what I wanted is for them to switch places, um, but I think that like it will eventually kind of like come come down to come down around this. Um, I, I you know I have to say if there's something in a theoretical world that I kind of wish was different, I think I do wish that they swapped places. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that I think that would have been. I honestly think that probably would have made people like the Last Jedi a little bit more. Could you imagine? Let's say, let's say, like that throne room scene happens, but Snoke is instead of like taunting Rey, Snoke is giving Rey all of the answers that she went to Luke Skywalker for, and so she's there and she's like, "Oh my God, I've been looking for my place in the universe, and here it is." This guy is telling me all the things I've always wanted to hear about myself or whatever, and then. Kylo Ren kills him, and then they have a lightsaber duel because she finally feels like she's about to understand herself, and the person who's giving her that understanding is killed by Kylo Ren, and like they like have this have this sort of sw- side switching or whatever that goes on. Boy, would I be down for something like that? Yeah. I, th- th- that's like a fan fiction kind of answer. Yeah, no, like, I, the movie's absolutely. clearly not going in that sort of direction, but they were it would have been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I honestly, I honestly, so, so something, just, this is, this is just a thought that kind of occurred to me is, this is weird because this doesn't feel like the second movie of three. This feels like maybe the second movie of like five, maybe, like. Oh, really? Just because, like so. A chamber so, of Secrets rather than a. So I'm trying to think what a second I, movie I think, of five I think part like. of the problem is, is, is not a lot happens in this movie. Um, in a, in a way I don't like, like, uh, that, like, there's, like, there, there's, like, the, the, it's worse than the status quo, almost, like, it feels like not a lot happens, and then, like, we, we know that the, there's going to be a time skip, because, uh, it's, that, that's been announced, but it, it feels like we're at, like, this low point, but that doesn't have, like, an easy kind of resolution on the other side not an easy resolution but like an earnable resolution on the other side super yeah i mean i guess there's a time skip between empire and jedi to a certain extent um there was i guess i get that but like the the rebellion wasn't decimated at the end of empire 
yeah. Han was, right? And the heroes were. But the 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 resistance is like literally 12 people. Like well, I mean, so a lot, a lot of this kind of comes down to how you think of those terms like our allies. Right, yeah. Um, my reading of that has always been that the Resistance has tons and tons of people, that, that, but this is just kind of like the core centralized, you know, like leadership. Like, this is like saying, uh, it, it's almost like there's a federal government and then a bunch of like state governments. God, what am sure. I doing with this metaphor? But like, that this is the group with, you know, Congress and the president or whatever and like the you know like the the nine supreme court justices and if they all die everything sort of falls to shit but if they survive right and even if a bunch of them die but like a couple of core members of them survive like Leia and like Poe or whatever um that they'll be able to sort of like rally support from all of these state governments oh god what an awful metaphor um (laughs) and and so that's how i've always read that like that essentially the resistance is much larger than this but that the core leadership structure is what is in danger here and if it does die then the the kind of the spider's web falls apart um do you know what i mean i i I see what you're saying um i don't know how much i buy that Uh, it felt like it was supposed to be very bottom of the barrel um, I don't know. I'll, we'll see. I, so I, so something that I'm, that I'm coming more and more around to, um, is, is a thing that I, that I, that I, that I kind of don't like in concept, but I, I kind of have to accept because of the ways I view the prequels. But like, I think that the episode nine is going to make or break the trilogy, um, that it's going to read, like it has Ooh, the power interesting, to recon- yeah. it has the power to recontextualize everything, um, and like make it good or make it bad. Um, God, yeah, that's a tough question. I totally... I mean, I actually find myself in a unique position. Something that that became extremely clear over the course of reading and watching and looking at all the the different sort of variable criticisms of the movie. If you did not like The Last Jedi, you almost universally did not like The Force Awakens. And if you did like The Last Jedi, you almost universally did like The Force Awakens, right? Um, And I feel... I find myself in the in the unique position of I think the Force Awakens is garbage and I think the Last Jedi is transcendent, right? And we get, we kind of get to a position where yeah, I buy that. I buy that a lot because it it's I sort of wonder if it reinforces if it reinforces all the shit that I hated about the Force Awakens, I think like First of all, by the way, I mean, I hate the, like, I think the humor in this movie is, like, shitty and garbage. Like, all that General Hug stuff was was bad. But it's also, it's also pretty localized to the beginning. There's not a ton of it that comes out later. Like, as the movie gets more and more serious, it gets less and less funny, essentially. Um, But I felt like that was the opposite of the case in The Force Awakens. And, in fact, The Force Awakens humor was so much worse, I feel like, in this movie. Um, Because... It does things like, oh, I, I'm in charge, Phasma. I'm in charge. Or, like, what do we do with her now? Oh, oh trash compactor. Like, All of that stuff I thought was awful. Or, or you mean, like, let's go, Chrome Dome? Like, I don't know. I, I thought the humor was no, Let's bad. go, Chrome Dome is completely fine. I the, the, part of the, it's So, ah, oh, man. I think that is... Uh, it's ba- like, like that's just, like, so bantery, I, 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 banter. I will, I will give you that it is better than I'm in charge. I will. But I... I I don't. Th- I think that the humor was kind of not great throughout the whole thing. I don't think it stops 
Uh, yeah, I mean, part of it is like a, a misunderstanding of bathos to a certain extent. Cro- Let's go, Chrome Dome isn't a bathos moment for no, me. No, I, I don't think it's a bathos moment. I just think it's bad. <laughs> no, I know, but 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 that's my point. Is I'm localized a lot okay. on that on that bathos stuff, right? Like, I'm in charge, Phasma. I'm in charge. That's a bathos moment, right? This is a guy, you know. This is a guy who doesn't know what you know, and he's like freaking. It's like, no, I want my heroes to be like not awkward and weird. That's such a weird thing to say. And maybe it's relatable or whatever, but I don't know. It's just, like, so weird. And even just, like, the way that, like, Han's face looks like when he says trash compactor. Oh, God, I hate that. That whole that, – oh, it's so stupid. Yeah. No, but, I, yeah, if it if it inherits those sorts of things – you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if Episode nine is akin to Episode seven, I'll hate it. And if it's akin to Episode eight, I'll love it. I feel like most fans will end up hating it kind of no matter what. I think that they have been primed to hate it. I, I okay. Here's here's the, here's my bold prediction. Actually, after watching all of this criticism, I bet episode nine is going to come out, and we're going to get a zillion hot takes that are the sequel trilogy is worse than the prequels. <laughs> you know what? I I, 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 I am one hundred percent. I will put money on that. <laughs> I I could see that. Um, I could definitely see that. I also, <laughs> oh man, I want to. I want. I want to see where, where this. So. I honestly kind of want to know what J.J. Abrams had, like, like if he had idea. He, he definitely had drafts for 8 and 9. We know that. Yeah. Um, I want to know what he thought, what he wanted Snoke and Ray's parents to be. Because I think, so I'm divided on this. I think Ray's parents being no one is good. Um, I think it's very good. I think, I think mm-hmm. it kind of contrasts and rhymes with uh, Darth Vader being Luke's father very, very well. Like, like, like almost perfectly, right? Like it's at the kind of the same moment where like you're kind of forced to face down the fact that your, your family isn't what you thought it was. Um, and I think that works beautifully. I, so how do I feel about Snoke? I think that Snoke dying was right in that moment, but I think he needed more about who he was. And I think, like, this this is my prediction. I think they're going to fix that by having him not be dead dead somehow. Like, maybe, like, clone, probably not, but, like, evil force ghost, maybe something like that. I think he's going to have a presence in the third film. This is part of why I think it would also be so bad and awful if Kylo Ren is redeemed. Um, Part of what makes killing Snoke interesting is, like, so, for instance, for the plot structure of the redemption of Darth Vader to work, you need a bigger, badder guy for him to kind of like turn on. And so Vader turning on the emperor and being the, you know, the guy that kills the emperor or whatever, um, is what allows that redemption and Kylo Ren killing Snoke and assuming Snoke's position at the top of the first order sort of removes that from being a thing. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like you have set yourself on this, you like if they if they introduce someone, if they go back and say, "Oh, Snoke is actually alive," or here's a group of Snoke loyalists and they're led by Bloke, and he's the boy, he's a bad guy. Like you know what I mean? Like I, any 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 variation of that will be awful. I think like the only way that this will be good is if Kylo Ren is the big ultimate bad that needs to be chopped up with a lightsaber. I mean, maybe I would, maybe I would agree in a certain sense with like the redemption. This this sometimes happens with characters like this, where like they are facing down their oblivion and they kind of and the the full weight of everything wrong they've ever done 
you know, kind of like crashes into them like a freight train. That's like a common subversion of this trope that you see from sort of like time to time. Um, but most commonly what happens is they go, no, I, I'm more power. <laughs> and then they like turn themselves into like some crazy weird Frankenstein, kind of like Jasper and Steven universe. Um, she's like an archetypical example of like the kind of thing that I'm talking or like about. Like Ganondorf. Yeah. 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 And so like, so maybe, you know, so maybe I, I'll see a thing where like, the First Order is defeated. Kylo Ren knows that he's, you know, that he's completely undone. And he has some, like, heartfelt thing as all of the people are, you know... Or, like, he gets his arm chopped off and kicked. And his lightsaber falls away and it breaks. And Rey's there and she has, like, the blue lightsaber. And she essentially goes, like, any last words? And he's like, you know, I... I I'm sorry, I just didn't see, I, I couldn't see past my hate and my anger, and then she kills him or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, maybe there's, like, that kind of a redemption, where, like, he ultimately comes around to how shitty he's been, and kind of, like, willingly faces justice, but, oh, any version of things where he becomes, like, real, oh, god, oh my god, any, like, Raylo version of this, where they, like, bone, <laughs> like, come on, kill me now. So, so uh, what, what I secretly want, and I don't think this is going to happen, but what I secretly want is for, I don't know how, how you get here, but the move, the episode nine ends with like Ray being the head of the first order somehow. And Whoa. Kylo being like, kind of like on the rebound. Um, like essentially she, she embraces kind of like the dark side aspects of her a little bit too much. Um, uh, because of that's so radical. Yeah, I don't. Think that would happen. be really insane if that happened. But yeah, yeah that that would be crazy. Um, and then you've got then you've got a hook for another three movies, guys. Um. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. So uh, many Star Wars movies. I do want to talk a little bit about. Um, so so he, part of what framed my thinking for when I was talking about how like a lot of these criticisms are shallow because they're just talking about like plot mechanics and they're not really going any deeper. Uh, so a YouTuber named Dan Olson tweeted out the other day. And it's four words. He just says, no meaning, only lore. And I feel like that describes a whole chunk of the Star Wars, like, fan base. Like, any of the Star Wars fan base who are mad about the portrayal of Luke Skywalker in this are no meaning, only lore kinds of people. Because they don't understand, they can't see through to the ultimate, like... Luke is reaffirming the Jedi and the Star Wars mythos and how important this is to people and how, yeah, our legends are, you know, they're inspiring and they give us hope in the darkest times and that's why they're, that's why they're important. These people never see that meaning. They only see the lore. And in the lore of the movie, for most of the movie, Luke is a jerk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so and I feel like I, 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 th that, that one tweet just like, framed my whole mindset coming into this I, I didn't even like this is from like 10 days ago you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so so, uh, so I, I i get that i do i i, I am hesitant so um e even in movie bob's defense of luke skywalker he says i understand if you don't like this take on luke um and i think that a lot of this isn't people like <sighs> it's people being mad about a decision that they don't like but lacking the vocabulary maybe to kind of express yeah. express that it's like 
a preference that they they don't want and like yeah i i mean i've talked about this before but there's a big desire that people have to link their preferences with quality yeah right where you say i don't like this thing therefore it is bad i only like good things and there is a correlation there by the way right like if you like something you are more likely to think that it's good you're going to forgive some of its mistakes you're going to amplify where it does where it does good right but like ultimately at the end of the day you know what i mean like the 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 real quality of a film. This is why I say my favorite movie of the, of 2016 was Batman vs Superman, but the best movie of 2016 was Moonlight. Right, like those two things are they they are un they're they're like uncoupled, and I don't think that like lay audiences have a good have a good sense for like uncoupling that stuff. And so really, when people are saying like you know Luke was bad in this movie, they're just kind of saying Luke wasn't what I wanted him to be, and I didn't like what he was. If that makes sense, but I but I think kind of any reading that says like that Luke was a you know that like Luke is is a is a coward or uh, like a you know like a sad sack. All of these readings are kind of defeated by looking at his character arc crucially, and I think that's why so much of the criticism. This is why, by the way, the wisecrack video is wrong because they set up that all of the things that Luke says in the beginning are true and are real and are convincing without kind of realizing that those things are things the movie comes down on the other side of, right? The the movie affirms the Jedi and the stories and all this other sort of stuff. It does not, like, rebuke them. And so to kind of paint that as a failing of the movie, I think, is just to be... is just to f- fail at reading movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, like so that. I, 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 think, I think there's some, some mixing in there, though, because, like, I think that... The stuff that Luke says about the Force is true and deep in some ways, right? Like, you know, the the Force is in everything, and to claim that it is the exclusive weapon of the Jedi is vanity, right? Like, Definitely, I, I yeah. thought that was really good. I thought that was was, was really cool. And uh, um, I, kind of on top of that, I, I just want to mention that I think that um, their, the characterization of the Force with um, when uh, when Ray kind of like does the thing and it does kind of like the the like. The, the the visualization I guess of the force I thought yeah, that was yeah. that was phenomenal. Um, I know I completely agree with you, especially because it's like a, it's just like a filmmaking thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Just between like all of these kind of quick cuts and zooms, uh, but to like get that feeling, that's like that's pretty magical and transcendental. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I, I do want to be clear that I so I think that those things are true, and Luke's criticisms of the Jedi are correct right like this is part of my thing on the prequels people view the jedi as right and infallible when the prequels are a tragedy wherein the jedi the the jedi are heroically flawed like so like greek tragedy is built on this right like you have a hero but he has a flaw and that flaw is the thing that ultimately leads to his like tragic undoing that's how tragedies work and i think that that's exactly how the prequels work right like the jedi are good and they want to do good things but this like emotional repression that they have is what ultimately leads kind of like anakin to fall down like tumble down this path to become darth vader because like he can't he can't reconcile the the emotional repression of the Jedi with like the emotions that he is that he is feeling, and I feel like people misunderstand some of those things. So Luke is right, and he's true when he says like the Jedi led to you know Darth Sidious's rise or whatever. But what he misses essentially 
is that failure is like that that failure is not to say well the jedi are awful toss them out a window right that failure is something that the jedi need to learn and grow from this is why yoda comes up and he says we are what they grow beyond yeah you know you need to teach her failure right that is the part where luke is wrong even if some of the like there are kernels of truth in what he's going on he just kind of uses those to come to the bad conclusions if that makes sense yeah no i I, absolutely I, i i agree with you (sighs) <sighs> I know. I'm so exhausted by it. I yeah. by like the fourth video, I kept having to pause it and just be like, "Ugh, <laughs> I'm so tired." Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I not, so I I uh, while I was working today, I had like uh, this one video series by Mahler, which I think is very over the top, but it's very interesting because someone who absolutely despises the Last Jedi and goes like beat by beat about what's wrong with every single thing in this movie. Um, and, like, a lot of these things where I'm like, you know, he's not necessarily wrong here. And so I had to come back and watch the movie. I'm getting like, yeah, this is, not all of it holds up, but I get where he's coming from. But it was just, like, three hours and then, like, another two hours of just me being like, oh, God, what am I, I doing? It's, it's just hard. It's so hard yeah. to, to, like – I it's maybe it is just because I like The Last Jedi that, like, it's hard to be so, like, berated – by someone's assault on something you love but like i don't know there's just something about like the vitriol of it that really like bothers me this this, okay so for instance this is actually something that bothers me about any and all takes about holdo as like an sjw feminist me too era whatever right right? like these oh god all of those i don't even kind of disagree with the mechanics of them to a certain extent like you, I, I guess I could understand, like, I, I understand like, the framework that these people are coming to the movie with, right? And to a certain extent, I want to say that they're projecting, but, like, you know, a lot of a lot of movie criticism is projecting. Is it projecting for, you know, liberal critics to, to like, say, oh, my God, Spider-Verse is great because of representation and diversity or whatever, right? Like, it's kind of coming to that with the exact same priors, just, like, flipped in the opposite perspective. But the thing is, is that, like, one of those is affirmative, and the other one is, like, negative, and the negative one just, like, if you're going to kind of ask me to... If you're going to kind of, like, string me along a little bit and be like, okay, listen, you're going to need a little bit of extra context here, so here's that context, right? representation is a good thing we have a lot of black kids latino kids asian kids that want to see themselves on screen in heroic roles whereas traditionally it was it was like white roles or whatever so we're going to work towards that like because that is something that is ultimately pitched as like a positive thing if that makes sense i guess i'm more willing to entertain it but like when it's like oh my god the sjw's are ruining star wars I can't believe they're ruining Star Wars. We, the true fans, need to take it from these fake fans or whatever. There's just something caustic and, like, acidic about asking me to do that same sort of, make that same sort of leap, but do it negatively. Do you know what I mean? I I, I see what you're saying. I I, I was thinking about this coming into it because I thought it was going to come up. and, and, And my kind of thought was that, like, you know... It doesn't really matter why they did it. It just matters if it's good or bad or not, right? Like, yeah. Like if Admiral Holdo is like uh, a man, right? Like with like perfectly straight hair and like a fucking Hitler stash, right? Like it still doesn't affect whether or not that character's actions are good or bad. Like the motivations behind it don't 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 change, right? Like it's whether or not the action was good or bad. 
Um, yeah, I mean, this happens in, like, the veto. It, I actually think, so veto is okay. The veto video is, like, okay on some parts, um, and he's sort of, like, he's over the top, and I don't agree with him or whatever, but, like, some of his criticism is valid and some of it is not, and I don't think his holdout criticism really, like, holds up. Like, I, God, I don't know. Like, maybe there's, like, some feminist take out there. Like, Jezebel did a did a review or something where they say that the Poe storyline is about, like, mansplaining or something like that but i just i don't know like to me that stuff is sort of i just don't feel that i did see that take at, at some point <laughs> really yeah. yeah people see the purple hair as this like representation that holdo is like a a stand-in for feminists and i was just like boy that's that's a stretch and I'm the guy – I don't think there is such thing as, like, reading too much into stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I love yeah. going deep, you know, and, like, making kind of crazy off-the-wall things or whatever. But, like, boy, that stretch. <laughs> no, I so I, I think that, like – so I, I think I might agree with, with Movie Bob on this one where it's, like, that was an intentional decision by, um, by Ryan Johnson to try and get you into that mindset. Cause, oh, like, really? Like – so I think if they had played it better, then it wouldn't have been as much of an issue. But like, um, you know, the, the, there was there was another part of this. There's the hair. There's so I think the biggest thing is Oscar or not Oscar uh, Poe going not what I expected. Right? It's just kind of like really this is Star Wars. This is like sexism thing has not really been a huge problem in this universe. Right? Like, and to kind of like pull it in felt like I, I see where it comes from. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I see where I see where it comes from. And I think that, that maybe it was an attempt to kind of like put people in that mindset so that when the subversion came, it like hit harder. Um, I think it was overdone. And I think that the fact that I, I think that the, the, the plot structure was bad in the first place or like not the structure, yeah. you know, the, the actual action was bad in the first place kind of like just kind of throws fuel on the fire. Um, but maybe, maybe not. Like, I think really, with, at the end of the day, the the thing that has been most truly revealed by all of this talk about Star Wars is that they should give a Star Wars trilogy to Zack Snyder so that we can no. have the Snyder trilogy. Stop. Please Stop. do it. Please Stop. do it, Disney. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, give it, give it back to George. I want more of George's ideas. More yeah, I, you know, I would honestly be very cool with that as as a as a big lover of the prequels. Obviously, yeah, uh. <laughs> oh my god, God, I can't believe we're getting Star Wars Episode Nine this year. I just uh. don't feel ready. Ugh. We're also getting John Wick episode three. <laughs> so, I know, yeah, yeah. I, so, are we transitioning into weeks? Do we have a final thought about Star Wars? Uh, I honestly feel like we I, we did a very good job of proving my thesis that it really comes down to how you look at those three track yeah, lines. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, I agree with like I, I was I like I was going to come into the, like so. My thought coming into this was that the race stuff is good and everything else is garbage, and I don't know how I feel about that. But I think yeah. I think that lines up with your thesis. Um, your, your thesis very well. Um, I think that that's correct, and I think that so so something just just to kind of close it out the that that uh the this, this three hour criticism I'll, I'll link to all of our sources in the description but this uh this three hour criticism that I watched um or listened to um 
like he said like mark my words in five years this is going to be one that everybody hates and i don't necessarily agree with that but i'm curious as to how it will be viewed in five years oh man that's i could very much see that go either way yeah like i think it'll depend a lot on nine like yeah yeah i think that is actually very true i think yeah i think i agree with you 100 percent. i think star wars episode nine is going to make or break both this movie and like the you know what I, mean? I think like, it's gonna make or break star wars the whole, honestly the whole so oh do you think so like if they if episode nine is bad right would they like cancel ryan johnson's like other i think that's already star canceled is it i think so or at least it's put on hold it is yeah, like, like that was the thing I, I, I read the other day. Like, you know, having been in the, the, the depths of this, there's I've seen comments around. Um, so, you know, like, it, you know, they've, they've already canceled, like, the Boba Fett thing, right? Like, um, but yeah, I think I think episode nine is going to make or break Star Wars, at least for the, the, the foreseeable future. Like, I don't wow. think I don't yeah. I don't think Disney sits on this and never makes another Star Wars movie. I think there's too much money there. Um, but like, I think I think. I think it depends too. Like, if Episode Nine does solo numbers, then uh, I think I think it's dead for a while. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the tough. I think that's like the tough thing that you have to you have to figure out. Because like, I think Solo. I mean, first of all, I think Solo is bad. But I think Solo came out at such a different time. You know what I mean? Like, if Solo had come out in 2018, would Aquaman make a billion dollars? My hope would be yes, because knowing that my favorite superhero is a billion-dollar movie franchise is awesome. But, like, I don't know. Like, maybe if Solo came out in Dece- on December 21st next to Bumblebee, next to Aquaman, next to all these other ones, like, it has the legs that Star Wars Episode Seven uh, and Eight had. Even Rogue One had, you know, like, had a lot of to, to kind of go off. And all of these, by the way... Star Wars traditionally came out in the middle of May. Right. Um, but then it got pushed to December, and then all of a sudden it's like the biggest movie of all fucking time or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it's very tough for me to look at Solo, which underperforms, and then look at, you know, the the previous three films, which are all the biggest movie of the year, and hear that they would say, like, we're going to cancel some of these, um, you know, like, we're going to cancel some of these movies or whatever. Yeah. No, we'll see. We'll see. We will see. Um, and uh, uh, I, I think that's uh, I think that's the ki- the kind of the final thought there In, until until next time loyal yeah until until we, we, we know what's up until December I guess um, but uh, yeah how is how is your week boy how is my week uh, so I've been playing did, did I tell you I played the Sims did we talk about that last week yeah a little bit yeah okay okay so, yeah so I've been playing the Sims I've also been playing Dragon Age. Um, where I've finally kind of, like, broken into the DLC a little bit. Uh, Part of what I'm realizing about Dragon Age that sucks and that I don't know how to fix and is fixable in other open-world games, but I guess is, like, much harder to do in an open-world RPG, is that, like, out-leveling things in Dragon Age really blows because then you're just, like, running around, like, killing level 5 dudes in, like, the old zones or whatever, um... And I just felt like I was doing that, like, so fucking much. Um, but my big thing was I wanted to kill all of the, all ten dragons, um, which I ended up doing, which was actually pretty, like, deep and complex and more interesting than I remembered the first time I played Dragon Age. Um, 
where uh, the you know like the dragons kind of the dragon fights have these sorts of phases, and I was like, real. It, it was legitimately a combat challenge that was forcing me to like pause and micromanage people and everything like that. And I felt that I found that stuff to be really enjoyable. And then I cracked open the DLC, and in the DLC, everything scales to your level because um, it's all end game content to be sort of played after the end of the game. Um, and it just felt so. It was like this breath of fresh air for me. I was like, oh my god. Finally, combat's interesting again because, like, there's a real risk that you're dying and you have stuff to worry about and you're not just, like, one-shotting everything. Um, so, so yeah, so I've been playing Dragon Age. I've been playing... Um, I've been playing Dragon Age. I've been playing The Sims. I played a tiny bit of Smash Ultimate uh, because Friend of the Cast... Maybe he's going to be on next week's cast. Charles showed up at my house a little bit early um, because he had some time to kill and... Uh, we played like a half an hour of Smash where I just got completely wrecked on all of my best characters by the villager. No, not the villager. Like Isabella. Is Isabella. Isabella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because I was playing like Rob and I wanted to shoot my little gyro, but he like just took my gyro and held onto it for the rest of the match. And I was like, well, I guess I don't have a move. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's some shenanigans that Isabel can get into and, and Villager with their pocketing move. Uh, that's, the, that's the thing you can do with uh, King K. Roll, too, is you pocket his crown. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles told me all about that. It's like, yeah, King K. Rule is so built on his crown that if you, uh, if you pocket it, he's basically worthless. No, I, I don't think that's quite true, but uh, you, you could also, like, it is only until one of you dies you get it back after that, I think. Um, I don't know about the uh, about the, uh, the the top, but I know that that's true for the crown. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Do you do you, do you have a lot of uh, a sense for like how it feels versus the other games, or are you just kind of like out in the blue? Um, I played a lot of Smash in college um, and in high school. You know, like we played Smash like just fucking constantly. <sighs> This this definitely felt faster. Uh, like for instance, I was playing Bowser, and it's just like it is a little bit crazy how quick um, Bowser is compared to his older sort of like former selves. Um, but he's also like heavier, and he has like less recovery. Uh, like Bowser never really had great recovery, but yeah. like boy, does he just like sink like a fucking rock. Um, so there, there's only I, I definitely like see some of the tweaks, um, and but I, I'm sort of like interested like at what point is Smash like too big and has too many characters in it? Do you know what I mean? Um, because like knowing and seeing all of these different characters and like understanding that Isabel does this thing and the villager does that thing, they're close but not quite you know related or whatever. Boy, I don't know. I mean, it's it's like a MOBA, right? Like, yeah. Um, I don't think it ever gets too high. I think, I think at some point it's hard to hold everything in balance, and there's there's an issue there. But I, I don't think it's ever. Uh, I don't think it's ever. I don't think there's a theoretical ceiling on it. Um, I think it's all implementation. Um, like I, like I, I don't think the burden of knowledge is, is as high as it is. I think is in a mobile. At least it doesn't feel that way. Like um, this kind of like knowing a, a kind of how things work is good enough for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's that hard to, to hard to get there. Although I've been playing the series for a while, and so, um, like, it, I, I guess it doesn't matter all that much. Like, uh, like, you know, 
and a lot of them are very similar, right? Like like Pikachu and Pichu are essentially the same character, but Pichu does higher damage but damages himself. He's actually apparently pretty high tier at this point. I, I don't I, they're just kind of like looking into stuff. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the game how the game uh, plays out as it continues on. Um, see how the characters shake out. Heavies every, with every iteration of the game, heavies seem to be a little bit more viable, and I'm not convinced that they're totally viable. Um, mm. Right now, but I, I am a heavy player, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, and any anything else you wanted to talk about? Ah, uh, boy, uh, Jung Justice season three has started premiering, uh, and I watched the first couple of episodes. I, I will keep it very spoiler free. I actually, for anyone that is going to tune into our Young Justice podcast and has not seen the has not seen the TV show yet, keep yourself spoiler free. I cannot stress that enough. I mean, I, I know that I just, like, had a whole thing talking about how, um, you know, only plot deep stuff is kind of shallow. And there's a certain amount of that that uh, applies to, like, spoilers or whatever. Uh, but Young Justice is, is a is a show that is all about its, like, twists and turns um, and being able to kind of like track the track the plot and see everything as it's as it's going on. So I highly recommend for anybody who's going to tune into that cast in however many weeks when the whole season finishes airing um, to keep yourself spoiler free. Oh my god! And it's also so good. I was really surprised at how good it was coming back to it after because so Young Justice came out in 2010 and had a second season in 2011. And then it was effectively canceled uh, by Cartoon Network, right? So I, I was a little bit like, boy, like seven years, that's like quite a big gap. But all of these people just kind of easily flow right back into their own uh, their own kind of like roles in their headspaces. And it honestly feels as though like there was just like no gap at all. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll, I'll have to, I have to get caught <clears> up on that <throat> at some point soon. <laughs> Um, uh, I, on the other hand, I've been playing a lot of, uh, a lot of Destiny 2, um, just because I kind of wanted to do the loots and shoot the guns, so, uh, I've been doing that. Game's alright, nothing crazy, but, you know, I've been enjoying it. Um, you know, shoot, shoot the guns, do the stuff, some of the challenges are annoying, but it's an MMO without a lot of content, so they stretch it out, and whatever, I'm happy to shoot the things for a while. Oh yeah, um, yeah. What do you I, think about what do you think about uh, Bungie getting the publishing rights back from Activision? Um, I'm interested to see how it goes. Um, or I mean, the, so the, yeah, they separated. They maintain they maintain control of the IP. Um, I want to see if this becomes a better game. Um, is is basically the answer. Um, I want to see like I, I don't expect like major system overhaul things to happen until like. Destiny three maybe, but we'll see. Right, right. Um, and I'm also not convinced that like I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm also not convinced that like like I think some of the problems with Destiny two, some of the fundamental problems are things that maybe Bungie can't fix. Um, and when I say that, I mean like I think a big part of the problem has been the sameness of the content, um, and I think part of that is because they are good at making like several detailed ma- like essentially. I think the problem is is they make a Halo campaign and then they have you run over those same maps a bunch of times, which is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, I, like th- those are great <clears throat> for one one through, but I don't think they're great for, like, 
an open world type thing, and I think that that's going to be a hard thing to fix. Um, like I don't think that's a thing that 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 act or that Activision caused. Um, I think some of the the more onerous play play stuff will probably be fixed. Um, I'm excited for that, but we'll, 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 we'll see how it goes. Um, but it's fun. Um, makes me vaguely excited for uh, the, the, the Bioware game. I can't remember it. It begins with an A. Uh, the one that comes out in a month. Come on, buddy. Anthem. 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 Yeah. I'm actually getting more and more hyped. I don't really know anything about Anthem, to be honest with you. And I should probably start, like, looking up YouTube videos or something kind of along those lines. But um, playing Dragon Age has really just, like, been like, oh, God, Bioware games are so great. Um, I honestly, I think I might go back to Mass Effect Andromeda, um, which I know I controversially loved and everyone in the, else in the world fucking, like, hated, apparently. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I have heard that the gameplay looks pretty good on Anthem, and uh, given that Destiny 2 and Warframe aren't quite what I want from like these kind of lootery shootery games, if Anthem hits that for me, I will be very happy. Um, but I'm definitely I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. There's a ton of games that come out in February and March that I'm super pumped for. Uh, so you know, it's been a lot of like. Looking at yeah. the horizon for me for that stuff. Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're doing a demo. That that was my big thing with Anthem, is they're doing a demo at some point. Now it's like, well, I'm going to wait, and I'll play the demo, and if I like the demo, I'll probably get the game. You know, but, that's that's not a bad idea. That's probably what I'll end up doing, too. Because, um, um, you know, which is kind of the same thing that I feel like we did with Destiny, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I played, like, a little bit of, like, the Destiny beta when that came out, and I was like, oh, like, this is fine. Yeah, I have a feeling that kind of no matter what, it will be it will be tough to keep people on board with just like any of these sorts of uh, like I you know it's funny the, even though I work for a company that successfully did this, um, but it just feels so hard to kind of like match content for any MMO that comes out now because all other MMOs have years of content backlog already. You know what I mean? Like, this is the thing that, like, makes it tough to do Destiny. Um, and you just, like, there's just not a lot of stuff to do, uh, yeah. it feels like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's very tough for a shooter to do as well just because it's, it's like, a, a bigger kind of thing, if that makes sense. It's, like, a, it's a different set of mechanics. Um but yeah, I'm 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 also excited because like there's like a half dozen MMO revival type games in the in the mix, and maybe one of them will be good. Um, yeah, maybe even two. Um, <laughs> oh, what what else kind of happened this week in in like gaming stuff? Uh, fucking Fallout seventy six continues to be terrible. Have you have you heard the the latest? No, no, give me the latest. Give so, me the updates. So, so the latest is um, there is a dev room in Fallout 76. There is a dev room in every Bethesda game. This is how they do their debugging, where if you get there, there's like a, every item in the game possible. But it's for testing purposes, right? They left oh it in God. Fallout 76, and people figured out how to get there. I threw a list. Oh, my God. <laughs> this room, it's through illicit means, right? Like, it's, it's, you're not supposed to get there. Yeah. Um, it's like an exploit. Yeah. And uh, you've there's apparently every item in the game, including unreleased cosmetics that were going to be put up on the DLC shop. Um, 
Uh, and so uh, people have been going there, figuring there's also a way to clone items and selling those items on eBay for a lot of money. <laughs> um, and the thing that has happened is, is uh, Bethesda can tell if you've been in the room, right? Um, but mm. they can't tell um, if you've uh, uh, if like they, they can't the you know uh, people trading items you can't like necessarily indict every account that has one of these bad items. Um, but the thing that happened is is they said um, your 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 account has been suspended because you've been in this room. You need to tell us how you got into this room. <laughs> Um, and maybe we'll reinstate your account. So basically they're telling us that they don't know how this exploit works, right? Like, that they don't know... Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. This game yeah. is, is, is kind of ir- irreparably broken at this point. Like, it, Bo- Boogie kind of said this, that, that like, you need a ser- server wipe at this point because there's all sorts of items that shouldn't be in the ecosystem all the way out there. The economy is just fucking gone. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually watched a video, like a very long, in-depth video about Fallout 76 um, by, God, what is this guy's name? He's he's actually like a very good... Um, is this the no-clip one? No. Jeez, what did he do? Uh, okay, yeah. So uh, his name is uh, Noah Caldwell Gervais, and he does very long-form video essays. Like, he, he did a big one, big giant one at Far Cry that was like two and a half hours that was every single far cry game um and he did one uh about how fallout 76 compares to previous fallouts and it he he was like i totally see how this is cool and where someone was like let's make this version of fallout and he even sees how the game itself is like great in in the sense that like you know like when i complained about fallout 4 that core loop of kind of, like, exploration, getting resources, crafting, like, all of those sorts of things, right? Like, those... That, that loop is actually pretty strong, uh, but there's, like, a whole bunch of, like, narrative shit that, like, drives me up a wall. Um, by Because Fallout 76 removes all of that narrative stuff, it actually allows itself to be a more kind of, like, like a better Bethesda game because you don't have any like main quest that's kind of never getting done in the background you're just kind of like constantly doing like the little shit and how that works but like the game is just so buggy and gross and never works that it's bad you know what i mean and how and how like that is the kind of um that's like the sad truth to to the fallout stuff you know what i mean i I buy that i do think that you need like I think in order for it to be the best Bethesda game it can be, you still need, like, the NPCs in the world to kind of give you, like, you know, you don't need long, you know, like, a, a central quest line, but you do need kind of, like, um, individual quest lines so you can kind of, like, wander through town and somebody can be like, hey, help me with this problem. Um, yeah. I also, like, like, I'm not convinced that that it was ever going to work quite right as as, as an MMO. Like, I think it's a neat, like, it's a, it's a thing that everybody thinks will be a great idea. Um but I don't think that an MMO is the right is the right kind of frame. I think for you it. need real incentive. See, the, the, the problem is you need real incentives for people to be quest givers, essentially. Yeah. Um, like directing people out into the into like the wastelands, and so like, and I think you could systemize that. By the way, like, um, I almost sort of like the idea that like there's a whole system for you. To the, imagine, imagine like this implementation of a of a system in like Fallout seventy six, 
you can at any time root your character in an individual location, right? You can create a quest at on your like at with a keyboard. You can write out what it is you're looking for, um, what the parameters for the quest are. Oh, get six bear butts. And I'll give you a certain amount of gold, or I'll give you this item, or something kind of along those lines. You can give yourself a couple, but maybe there's a cap. Maybe you can only, like, you can only give out three quests at a time, or whatever, right? And, uh, and, you know, you can, and, and, it, and it only, like, links stuff, it, like, it doesn't generate its own items, but it'll, like, pull it out of your inventory. You say, oh, well, I have a lot of shark fins, so I'll put up a couple of shark fin quests or whatever and, like, let people kind of complete it. And then the game takes your character while you are offline and turns you into an NPC in someone else's, like, game server or whatever um, at, like, the location that you've chosen to sort of, like, freeze yourself. And that is, like, the bare bones of what you would need in order to, like, get a bunch of players to to say, you know what, this is going to be our town, and we are going to all be quest givers for one another. You can even add on, like, another system that's just, like, I'm going to put all of these things in my inventory up for sale for these prices maybe market prices maybe a little bit like higher right so you can create like then like passive like vendors and stuff like that yeah, yeah. because i think people you know like i like the idea that oh well we'll let the the we'll let the players do their own thing we don't need you know we don't need npcs the players will be their own npcs but the problem with that is that players just don't want to sit in one spot giving yeah. out quests over and over again they want to they want to go out and explore and shit so no, I, I absolutely yeah. agree. I think you could also do this fun stuff with, like, like I think Eve does this. You put out, like, a bounty on somebody's head, and you can uh, retrieve it. I, yeah, no, e- yeah, easily that would be awesome, Yeah, right? Um, um, but, you know, we'll, uh, we didn't get that game. Um, no, no, we didn't. I, I, I wonder how hard that, that stuff would be to implement, to yeah. be honest with you. Like, it, maybe they wanted to do something like that, and you just kind of like can't. I don't know. That's yeah, yeah. I feel like this game was was rushed out the door. Um, I don't know. I think Bethesda's on on the downward turn. Uh, yeah, I mean that really sucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially because Bethesda is like uh, Bethesda was one of those studios. You know, like I was like, like Skyrim is just so good, Mango. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so something that I that, that I've I've heard people say, and uh, I think I kind of agree with, is that like. You know, Bethesda was never good, but kind of in the sense that, like, Bethesda's games were always, like, super buggy and kind of not great. But their, like, expansiveness and modability were always kind of, like, the value adds to let you forgive that. And, yeah, because uh, you could mod in, like, the bug fixes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not, not, not only bug fixes, but, like, it's, like, infinite amounts of content, infinite amount of, way, oh, infinite amounts of ways to, like, customize your experience in a way that, that kind of, like, grew beyond the original game. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I think that that's, that's a big part of it. And, you know, just, like I said, it's not there. It's not there in this game. It can't be. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I am afraid in a certain sense that, uh, that you know, like other game studios to sort of like tumble down the same path. I've been using tumble down a lot. It's like a a verb in, in – but, you know, like I, I feel like the there's, – there's a skittishness with going bigger every time. You always want to be bigger. You want, you want the next game to be bigger than the last game was. Um, and at a certain point, I kind of feel like you hit diminishing returns and those resources to go bigger just always suck up, you know, like – 
the the resources to help stuff be good. You know what I mean? Um, and that is sort of like like maybe I could chart a path between the you know we're gonna make Fallout Four and it's going to be like Skyrim, but even bigger with all these other sorts of things going on. Um, and then that and then it doesn't quite work. And then Fallout seventy six doesn't quite work. And then you know like it just kind of keeps going and going and it's not great. But yeah, I I probably have fallen out like. It is weird for me to say this, but I don't think I would just, like, blind pre-order Elder Scrolls Six. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Which is, yeah. like, a ludicrous idea yeah. if you were to tell me that two years ago. No, I, um, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean... The, Which isn't to say that I wouldn't, but, you know, like, yeah. I, just, I, I feel like I would need convincing. Quite a lot of convincing, mm-hmm. actually. Um, um, well, at least they aren't fucking randy pitchford which is the other big news oh my god (sighs) (laughs) thank (laughs) i can't believe randy so okay people that don't well do you want to tell the story of of randy pitchford uh so so the, the the base facts are randy pitchford is being sued by a lawyer formerly at his company um for stealing something like 12 million dollars um, somebody pointed out that he's also being accused of stealing, like, Sega's money, so maybe people aren't that surprised. But the bombshell that, like, kind of got buried in the original lead is that, like, somewhere in the middle of this filing, there's an allegation that the USB uh, USB drive that he lost at a medieval times had, like, child pornography on it. Um, and the crazy part about this is that his defense is that not that, like, no, that's ridiculous. I mean, it is kind of that, but it's that she wasn't underage. She was a cam girl that, um, I mean, I guess we're 18 plus, that, that uh, emitted such volume of fluid from her nether regions that she was amazed and needed to kind of preserve it. Um, and he had it on the same folder d- game drive as, uh, or uh, USB drive as, uh, like, yeah, so private. The, the doc- even crazier piece about this is he talked about this USB stick on a random podcast for, like, magicians <laughs> in December of last year. So it's, like, it's not even, like, he brought this out as a defense and he and he it's, like, doing, like, the Kevin Spacey, Harvey Weinstein thing where, like, he gets accused of something really awful and he just responds to it in a really weird way. This was already out there. He had already told this story about the cam girl and the USB stick to a podcast, I guess, but just like nobody listens to the <laughs> podcast, so nobody knew about it. Like you know, Jason Schreier, who's a reporter at at Kotaku, but like it really summed this up when he was just when he tweeted. He said the CEO of a major game studio went on a magician's podcast where he describes in lurid detail a cam girl porn video he'd saved on a USB drive that also had company secrets on it, which he accidentally lost at medieval times. I don't think I fully processed this one. Like what the fuck? I don't understand. I just I God I don't understand. I uh, Gearbox has never been a studio that I've been sold on uh i thought borderlands 2 was a lot of fun yeah but like aliens colonial Colonial marines is in that is you know duke nukem forever i think is a loathsome disgusting game like oh god if that game is like really gross um yeah (laughs) so but but yeah randy randy pitchford uh that's the thing (laughs) 
I guess we'll uh, we'll find out more as as, as this goes forward. I one hundred percent want to keep the listeners. This is my pledge to you. I'm going to keep you updated on this story because I can't get enough. I need to read it. I need every day for there to be uh, for there to be more stuff coming out. Uh, the so um. The other thing, I don't know, did you hear about the uh, the shuttering of another open world Star Wars game from EA Vancouver? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I heard about yeah, it. Yeah, Boogie, actually. Um, oh, yeah. That was another Jason Schreier story reported at Kotaku. Um, uh, the Star Wars games since 2013 are not looking, not looking so hot because both Visceral's project um, and this EA Vancouver project uh, got got tossed though the ea vancouver project nobody's getting fired um there there aren't like layoffs or anything or they're not like selling you know like this branch of uh of developers um they're just moving them onto a different smaller star wars project um that is slated to come out in 2020s you know somewhere along those kinds of lines uh, also jedi uh, also respawn has a, a jedi game coming out this year mm. uh yeah oh, around christmas time yeah uh Maybe that's that's how it'll work. The EA will let Ryan Johnson direct a Star Wars game, and uh, we can see all of his glory there. Uh, but I think that's about all we have uh, time for. Unless you want to talk about anything else, buddy. No, no, that's that's. I'm good. I'm glad we touched the Randy Pitchman thing <laughs> because I. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, if you'd like to email us what you think about uh, The Last Jedi or Randy Pitchford um, or any of the other things we talked about on this podcast, you can reach us at podcast at somederpsplaygames.com or somederpsplaygames at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on SoundCloud. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash somederpsplaygames. Um, leave us a review and rate us on iTunes, I guess. And I think that's everything I had. Buddy, do you have anything else that you wanted to promote? I have nothing else that I'm looking to promote. In that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.